industry insiders come to play the download on the download movers and shakers off the course and the pros inside the ropes welcome to slice with brian bushlack and continuing our conversation with golf channel and golf advisor host matt janella if you missed part one, great stuff from Matt, from winning the Pro-Am at the Pure with Alfonso Ribeiro to growing up in Northern Cal and working his way up through the ranks at Sports Illustrated, Golf Digest, and Golf Channel. In this download, we'll talk Oregon golf, and we're not talking Bandon, at least not to the extent you might think. This time, the focus is on Bend, Central Oregon, and full disclosure here, I grew up there, so I'm a little biased, but nice to see a prominent, respected golf and travel guru like Matt Janella give his endorsement of the golf in Central Oregon. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with this slice of golf heaven, Sun River Resort got it all started about 50 years ago, building a destination resort south of Bend that remains one of the top picks for families across the West. First, the Meadows and Woodlands courses, followed by Crosswater, a perennial Golf Digest Top 100. Then, with a change in Oregon's very strict zoning laws, just over 15, maybe 20 years ago, we welcomed new resorts to the region, Pronghorn, one of only two resorts in the country with Nicholas and Fazio courses on property. The Nick there, one of my favorites anywhere. And after finishing his work at Bandon Dunes, David McClay Kidd, well, he was called on to test out the high desert, and he did just that with Tethero. In my opinion, the toughest track in the Pacific Northwest, even after they called him back to soften it up. Our friend Peter Jacobson teamed up with Jim Hardy on Brasada Canyons at Brasada Ranch, which is our family's favorite destination resort in the high desert. That course is fun, fair, and provides the most incredible vistas of the Cascades from its perch atop the Powell Buttes. Now, several other top-rated courses, including Black Butte and Aspen Lakes in the Sisters area, you may have seen those cinder-colored sand traps at Aspen Lakes, Eagle Crest, Widgee Creek, and just south of Bend, Lost Tracks, underrated, affordable, and a lot of fun. In part two of our conversation with Golf Channel's resident expert, Matt Janella, we get his impressions of Central Oregon, the inside story of the next spectacular course ready for debut at Bandon Dunes, and why he believes so strongly in supporting local munis. First, though, it's all about Bend, skiing, Fishing, hiking, biking, rafting, and an impressive lineup of championship golf. My first introduction to Central Oregon was with Golf Digest. I did a story there and I went in there and, and a couple buddies met me up there. We did that trip. We did Crosswater and Pronghorn and Tethero. And at that time, Tethero was pretty much brand new. Pronghorn was brand new. This was this was right after sort of the economics or, you know, 
downturn, mm-hmm. right? So it was like, I think the whole central organ was in a state of shock, like, oh my God, what's what's happening? There was all this this development happening and no, but everybody stopped moving to central Oregon. It was empty. Uh, I mean, Tetherow was flat out a ghost town when we were there in 2008-9. The clubhouse was empty. You could go out and play the course, but there was nobody there. Right. It was so bizarre. It, yeah. There was, you know, there was like six houses around that golf course. Mm-hmm. So, and, but, but, I, but, and yet I loved it. There was great value. You know, I found this great kind of mix of not only great value, but also just spectacular golf. I mean, in, at Crosswater and Sun River, I, I was, love that location. Uh, the Champion Store has been going there for quite a long time and had a tournament there. So, and the Deschutes River and Little Deschutes River and the fishing and the, and you can, you know, ski by day and play golf in the evening and the afternoon, whatever, whatever you want to do, it's there. And so I went back just this year for golf channel and came there with my crew and you'll see the 30 minute show, the golf advisor round trip to central Oregon coming up uh, next year and did crosswater tethero and, and prong again. And I'll tell you, the development has, you know, it's back right now. There's like 400 houses around Tethero. Mm-hmm. So from seven to 400. So that development is going well, but there's also, it's also, you know, I end up spending time with Drew Bledsoe who has, you know, now living in Bend and has gotten into the wine industry. And he's, you know, he, he's from Washington and, and loved sort of the, the concept of, of developing wine. So you have now, I don't know. There's like a hundred thousand people maybe that live there now. And it is, it still feels small and yet it's, it's very developed though. It's high desert. The climate's amazing. The setting, the scenery, the people, the, you know, they've kind of had this, this uh, Renaissance in, in, in different parts of bend and, you know, the food they've got now kind of this food and wine culture developing there. It's, I told my wife and I really, don't be surprised if I end up moving there very, very soon. I think this is the place to be. Well, it's interesting you say that. And I better not mention the name Bend without mentioning beer because it's, you know, the beer nirvana, more beer per capita than anywhere in the country, they say. So we got to get that in there, too. But, you know, you talk about yeah. Bledsoe and what he's doing. I mean, and it's not like former professional athlete dips his toe into the wine barrel a little bit. I mean, he is very serious, obviously making some award winning wines there. So I'm glad you were able to get that aspect of it as well. Well, and I think that's that they talk, you know, yes, you're right. The beer, the beer has been the dominating sort of, you know, uh, undertone to, you know, the, the kind of the, the culture there. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's, there is this evolution happening in which beer, beer isn't going anywhere, but I think wine is now kind of eking its way into you know, as bend evolves, so too does the palate, right? So, so beer and wine is now kind of a, this, the kind of the new thing that's happening. And it's cool. I think the possibilities in bend are endless. The rivers, the mountains, the high desert, the climate, the golf, the, the sort of outdoor activities, not unlike what I saw in, in Whistler recently, where you, you go and you're like, wow, this is, there's, there's, there's a health. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the people who live there by virtue of sort of what you have around you. You're, not a lot of people are sitting around on their couch in Bend, Oregon, because there's just too many other options to just get out and go do and have fun. Yeah, no doubt about that. What do you think of Pronghorn? I mean, that Nicholas course has always been one of my favorites. Almost had a hole in one there a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, 
went up to Gamble Sands and got that hole-in-one like a couple days later. But talk about nice. Pronghorn because I've always loved that place, and I feel like, you know, it the rankings are all, you know, substantive to whoever plays the course yeah. and what they think. But I've always loved heading to Pronghorn. feels great. Great Tom Fazio course, great Jack Nicholas course. Both, you know, very playable, both fair, both fun, a lot of cool shots. Uh, we're going back for a golf advisor getaway in which, you know, I kind of host uh, people there. And uh, I'm hoping Drew Bledsoe is going to be my partner in that in that sort of friendly competition. Uh, and anyone's welcome to join me, by the way. Uh, if you go to golfadvisor.com slash getaways, uh, I'm going to uh, Bahamas in November, Maui in December. I know we're going to Central Oregon next year, Whistler. Pinehurst, Sea Island, Prince Edward Island. So all those trips are, are, are happening next year, and, and, and I'm excited about it. But this, to me, it, it, Pronghorn, at that time, remember back in 2008, 2009, you thought to yourself, wow, I wonder... I wonder if this is going to make it, you know, know, it had this kind of private feel about it. It was going to be this high end club. They were always going to let Nicholas be available to the outside play, but the Fazio was always going to be real private. And I thought, you know, much like Tethro, I thought, man, I don't know if these places are going to make it. Mm -hmm. Well, not only, not only have they both made it, I think they're both thriving now. And, um, David Kidd lives there in central Oregon. He's made a lot of tweaks to Tethro to kind of soften that, that golf course. (laughs) the extreme greens there Um, yeah uh uh-huh uh and and it's not to say maybe he could do a little more a little more would be good yeah but yeah but but it's still very it's 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 still beautiful still fun still playable um and i think you know i think with the i I would hard it would be hard to imagine someone going to central oregon and not sort of playing all of those pronghorn tethero and crosswater and i think you know, in, at both Tethero and Pronghorn, they've added some some lodging options for people uh, from the outside, which are very good, very you know, amazing accommodations. Especially the ones they have now at Pronghorn, spectacular little hotel and lodge option. Um, so I, I, I can't say enough. You know, I'm just you know, I've always been a Bandon guy, of course. But again, Oregon has shot up my list of of my favorite states to play golf because of not just Bandon, but because of Bend. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I got to throw in Brasada Ranch, Brasada Canyons. Our mutual friend Peter Jacobson designed that course. It's a fun track as well. So there's another option for you. I mean, you could spend an entire week just in Central Oregon. And then I tell people, if you're coming all the way across the country to play Bandon Dunes, you might as well tack on at least three or four days, head over to Central Oregon and play those courses. Because if you don't, you're missing out on a whole bunch of great golf. That's for sure. I got that sense that a lot of the pros who are in Central Oregon take trips over and play band and, and a lot of the bandon pros bring their families, you know, when when the band and weather is is not ideal they pack up the car and they bring their families to bend. It sounds like they've got this really cool reciprocal kind of policy going on amongst the industry folks. Uh, and think about that. Think about what you have there, right? You have the, you have the best of the coast and you have the best of the high desert. So that's not, that's not a bad little system they have going there. <laughs> You're right. You know, it was Seth Westfall who was the pro at up at TPC Snoqualmie for years, moved to bend. He was at pronghorn. He's from the Coos Bay area. And oh, I think cool. he's the one that got the, that started like you know seven or eight years yeah. ago that that kind of that mutual trade back and forth so that's a great point because very different i mean you think of bandon and we'll talk sheep ranch in just a sec but i mean so dramatically different when you talk about those golf courses too 
Yeah. And, and, you know, again, that, that just goes back. That's just a little cross section and a little snapshot of, of where we're at with golf in America. Because if, if you just, you know, just look at the developments happening there between Central Oregon and Bandit, and then you look at what's happening between Michigan and Wisconsin, you know, and the developments happening in both of those, you know, sort of central states. And you look at what happened, you know, what's happening and the improvements being made at Pinehurst and Sea Island now redoing their golf course there the addition of a place like stream song you know and they all of these things just keep developing uh you know the development of of scottsdale austin texas the rtj trail i mean you know the list just keeps going on myrtle beach oh by the way Um, but this golf in america is in a pretty good place right now he sucks at golf but he talks a good game thanks for downloading slice with brian bushlack you know, and I was going to say what can be said or written about Bandon that hasn't already been written or said, but now we have Sheep Ranch coming online. They just made the announcement it'll open in June of 2020. Give us the inside scoop on this track because not many people have actually seen it or had a chance to get out there. You know, I've been going to Bandon since, you know, since Pacific 2001. And and then, you know, so Bandon comes online in 99, Pacific Dunes in 2001, Trails in 2005, Old Mac in 2010, Preserve in, 20, in 2012. And Mike Kaiser, owner, obviously has done this amazing job in, you know, in partnership with, you know, the Kemper Sports Management Team and sort of this trickle, a trickling out new things new reasons why we go back punch bowl in 2014 the, the 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 putting course and there's always you know each time you know oh that gives guys like myself or you an excuse to say oh i've got to go back yeah. we've got something new <laughs> and there was always the sheep ranch there um his his roommate in college his partner in the recycled greeting cards phil friedman at the time when when Mike Kaiser bought the land that is the sheep ranch, he was pretty leveraged on on what else what was going on at the time, and so he needed he he didn't want to sort of put out all of his money to buy that land that became that 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 is the sheep ranch, and so he had this partner Phil Freeman. It was it was kind of a split on this land, and Phil isn't Mike Kaiser. He's not developing golf like Mike is. Doesn't have that you know energy and and attitude towards all of that 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 mike does and so mike and meanwhile mike was really busy doing a lot of other things which includes barn boogle which includes cabot which includes now sand valley so um it's kind of now came around to a time in phil friedman's life and and phil friedman has been using that land kind of as his own sanctuary to get away from his own life he'd go out there with one club and kind of hit it around like a select number of, of band and clientele have been doing over the, the last 10 years, you know, when Doak and Orbina were there doing Pacific dunes, they went out and had shaped some greens. There was 13 greens out there. I had never actually gone out and played the sheep ranch in all the years of going to Bandon Dunes because it's just, I, I I would never sort of allow myself to break away from what is the traditional golf experience of Bandon. Mm-hmm. I, I had, you know, invariably taken a few days out of my schedule to go out there with my buddies and we played golf. We played the, the sort of standard golf and the short course and the putting course. And I never went to Sheep Ranch. Well, now Phil Friedman sort of gives Mike the green light. They say, let's go forward. Phil Friedman spent, 
probably better part of a year and a half, maybe more than two years doing due diligence on who the architect would be getting different routings and different, different concepts from different architects, which included Tom Doak, which included Jim Urbina, which included uh, Gil Hance, which w- almost certainly thought that, that Gil Hance was going to get this job. Mike Kaiser always wanted to have Gil Hance be a part of this portfolio and had worked on various other little parts of land to try to acquire to get Gil uh, uh, a course to build. And it was, it was ultimately Phil Friedman and Mike took a trip to Streamsong and played Streamsong Black and uh, Gil Hans's course and just kind of felt like these extreme greens is, are something that, 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 that Mike Kaiser has never liked, right? Yeah. Mike Kaiser has never liked sort of these wild undulations to greens, especially with modern day green speeds. Um, and, I think in the end, uh, it was it was you know it was really Phil's call, and they went with Corn Crenshaw on this one because I think you know both Phil and Mike feel like Bill and Ben do a better job of not only creating this minimalist look and being sort of artists that they are, and creating the options and the fun factor of the game of golf in general, but they just they don't go extreme with their greens, and. And the other thing was Bill is a master router. Bill Core is a master router and was able to figure out how to fit 18 holes into this, you know, allotted piece of land that they have without getting more permitting from the state of Oregon. They had already had what they had permitted for golf. So they could kind of, this was going to be a, a, an easier way of doing it. If Bill can figure out the 18 holes, which he did. And so now you have coming online the sheep ranch. You have, you know, another 18 hole golf course going in abandoned dunes. This one will have no bunkers. It's going to be maybe even more dramatic than the combination of Pacific dunes and abandoned dunes combined. It's, it's going to have, you know, nine or 10 greens literally on that coastline that kind of extends up from both Pacific dunes and old McDonald's. So as you keep going North up the coastline, here's the sheep ranch. Um, and Bill and Ben, I think did a great job of, of not just going in and ultimately destroying what, what Jim and, and Tom had done uh, in the 13 greens that they had built and utilized some of what they, they had built and, and, you know, and preserved some of the natural scapes that have already sort of were set over the over the 15 years that it's kind of been out there as some form of, of a golf experience. So it's pretty exciting. As you can, as I tweeted out today, uh, you know, remember when the Warriors were at the height of their powers and then they got <laughs> Kevin Durant and you were like, what the hell is going on? The Warriors just got Kevin Durant and they're dominating the NBA. Like that just doesn't seem right. And that's what's happened at Bandon Dunes. They're adding Kevin Durant to this whole thing. Yeah, they are. Well, you're in Orlando as we speak, and I know it's a great time to catch up and have family time. So I'm going to let you go here. But one more question before we do. I mean, I love watching and following all the amazing destinations that you travel to, but you're also a big proponent of Winter Park and local munis and just the game of golf, right? I mean, I, I know I see your tweets and we follow you on social and you're a big believer in that, aren't you? Don't we have to be? It, isn't that isn't that what it's all about? You know, and I, I you know, I've had some amazing men, mentors 
in the game for me. Um, and and obviously John Ashworth, who started Link Soul, started Ashworth way back when. But you know, John Ashworth has been a so much more than just a friend to me. He's like a big brother to me, and he's kind of my spiritual guide in this world of golf. The game you know, as we all know, the game gives us so much, right? Over the years of my life, uh, starting back at Bennett Valley Golf Course and the, the, you know, Sonoma County Fairgrounds, the nine-holer inside the racetrack was the first round of golf I ever played. And, you know, Oakmont Golf Course in Santa Rosa, this was kind of municipal golf, really, uh, as a kid and my access point to the game. And, you know, that's where I get dropped off, just like everybody tells that story. I would get dropped off at Bend Valley with a couple of buddies. They'd pick us up four or five hours later. We'd go to golf camps there. Bob Borowitz was the teaching pro there who had a great career in Northern California and, you know, got good instruction, you know, good fun, good, clean fun. And I think of all the people I've met, all the places I've seen, all the experiences I've had because of the game of golf, why wouldn't we want to give all that back, you know, give back to that and feed that system. Not unlike what the Evan scholars uh, do as they go on and become prominent members in the world of golf and life and business, they end up feeding the Evan scholars programs back, which is what the first T alumni is eventually going to do to the first T program. Just like the, the youth on course kids and the scholarships that they're doing out of Northern California golf association. And now in 31 states, their feet, they're going to be feeding that system back and creating, you know, accessible golf for kids if, if we're not helping our local municipals or if we're not helping that entry point then the game will would die right like if if you know as john ashworth showed us at goat hill park which you know was going to potentially be churned up and turned into either soccer fields or parking lots or a stadium of some sort he saved goat hill park and you know if you look at what's going on out there that's a community hang zone places that people can go with their dogs with their families they can bring you know they can go play three holes nine holes 18 holes they can do whatever they want and that's you know and winter park nine was another one of those situations that of course had fallen on disrepair over 100 years old had great bones great history great character crossed the road six times par 35 all high side half pars so reachable par fours reach reachable par fives short fun par threes and they put 1.2 million into it. It was losing 250 grand. Now it's making 150 grand a year with the help of, of Keith Reb and Riley Johns. You know, it's just these little, and, the, and, and now I could rattle off about 15 stories that I know off of the top of my head in which municipal golf has, you know, people have realized, wait a minute, what do we got here? We do have something mm-hmm. special. This can be something of a feeder system into the greater good of the aspirational buddies trip golf that you eventually go on when you're in your thirties and forties and fifties and sixties and seventies. You know what I mean? You can't, we have that, we can talk bend and band and, but we can also talk about, you know, local municipals and that, that, that starts connecting all those dots of the, you know, of, of what makes the game so special. Matt Janella joining us. I want to thank him for taking time out on what is an insane schedule. I mean, 200 days on the road this year. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All you jokers out there who say, I'd trade places with him in a heartbeat. (laughs) Whatever. 
I guarantee you wouldn't last two weeks out there on the road. Not like they just show up, goof off, and head to the 19th hole. It is a demanding gig, as Matt detailed in part one of our conversation, and he and his team do it so well. Really enjoy the content they produce. By the way, if you'd like to join Matt on an upcoming golf advisor trip, Atlantis, Paradise Island, Bahamas, coming up November 14th through the 17th, then spin the globe in December. It's Maui as Kapalua Plantation Course reopens. We'll be there in February. And next spring, Pinehurst and Sea Island on the schedule. Just visit golfadvisor.com getaways to learn more. And it was Matt's feature on Reynolds Lake Oconee, one of my favorites. Well, they're about to reopen the Great Waters course there after the massive renovation project led by Mr. Jack Nicholas himself. We'll revisit the resort, talk to GM Mike Scully and VP of Agronomy Lane Singleton. And while we're there, might as well talk wine and drink wine with Jason Plazola. All that and much more from Georgia Lake Country. Looking forward to that, plus a feature on Stitch Golf, and we'll welcome back Peter Jacobson to share his memories of close friend Payne Stewart. Boy, hard to believe 20 years ago we lost one of the game's greats. All that and more in the pipeline for you right here on Slice. Thanks for downloading Slice, a presentation of Feedback Media. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Full disclosure, our legal department doesn't allow mulligans. Mulligans.